Welcome to Jesus Has Left the Building, where we talk with people leading creative, outside the box, I mean outside the church building, ministries that inspire and engage us. Our third season, recorded during Lent 2021, connects our desire to follow Jesus outside the church building and the recognition that Lent is an invitation to quiet our minds and hearts. Our guests share how they find nourishment as they build God's kingdom. This is the Jesus Has Left the Building podcast, where ministers, people of faith, activists, and church leaders have left the building too, with Marta and Mandy. Today we are joined by Roger Butts, author of Seeds of Devotion, Weekly Contemplations on Faith. The new devotional book will guide our season of Lent in this podcast as an added resource to Black Forest Community Church's online Lenten retreat and Sunday's communal gathering, aka worship. You can purchase the book through Amazon and find more information on the Seeds of Devotion Facebook page. Reverend Roger Butts is a staff chaplain at Penrose St. Francis Health Service in Colorado Springs, Colorado. Ordained in the Unitarian Universalist tradition, he is a longtime member of the UU Christian Fellowship and the International Thomas Merton Society. He has served congregations in Iowa and Colorado. His writings have appeared in a number of anthologies and newspapers. He organizes a couple of centering prayer groups here in Colorado Springs. He loves music, pop culture, tennis, his three teenagers, his black lab, and his minister wife, Marta. He is the author of Seeds of Devotion, Weekly Contemplations on Faith. So we have asked you here today because we know the work of Jesus, both in action and rest, are important. Sometimes Jesus needs to leave the building to go to the other side of the lake, up the mountain, to the hillside. He dismissed the crowds or sends the multitudes away. Often he was alone and simply prayed by himself. In some ways, we must begin within ourselves before we birth something new outside of ourselves. Lent is a time of planting seeds. We want to hear about your seeds of devotion. So um, tell us, Roger, about the labor and birth of this new book. I'll just tell you a little bit of the story of behind it and how it came to be. Over the last 20 years of ministry, I've had many opportunities to find stories that I love. And over those years, I started collecting them. And I soon had enough stories and enough prayers that I thought this might be something. So I began to collect them. And just as I was beginning to collect them, I had this opportunity just sort of pop up in my um, consciousness and awareness that a local group was willing to, to uh, take a chance on new authors. And so I just decided to see what that would be like. So I submitted the manuscript and they, they took it and they have been wonderful. The, the thing I think that's important for this conversation is that, you know, when I was in seminary at Wesley Seminary, um, I loved to write too. And um, I had an opportunity to go see, um, to go to a workshop with Kathleen Norris, who's a wonderful writer and 
poet. And um, I was too scared. You know, I was too nervous to submit uh, writing to to write into that um, into that process. The older I've gotten, the more I've decided I'm just going to try, see what happens. And that's what I did with this book. And I'm very proud of it. And I'm super excited because this book is actually going to be guiding our work in the church throughout the entire season of Lent um, and the, the writings and the questions that Roger offers um, for each of the devotionals and the sacred texts are also going to guide us. And so the sacred texts, though, for each of the devotionals, they're not just biblical texts. You have really a diversity of sacred texts that you bring to the table, um, which I think is is really exciting for us to look at during this time. This podcast, the people that we bring on and um, your voice today is going to be an added resource to this online Lenten retreat for five weeks. Um, so that's super excited. We're excited about that. Yes. Yeah, I have um, I have reflections from, um, you know, Buddhism, the Jewish, uh, you know, Hebrew scriptures, um, a lot of Jesus stories, some chaplain stories and um, and some Hindu stories. So I'm, I'm excited about that. So tell us about the intersections of this book and your work as a chaplain during the global pandemic. I'm sure there are some really interesting connections there. Yes, for sure. Um, you know, a number of the reflections are uh, related to my work as a chaplain, uh, related to my work as a chaplain in the time of COVID. And, um, you know, I think it gets back to what Marta started with, this idea that Jesus um, goes off for quiet time, goes off for reflection time, gets away from the crowds. Um, chaplaincy is all about making sure that you have that space in your own spirit for the silence, for quiet, for reflection. Because a chaplain has to know before she or he walks into a room who they are, what they're feeling in that moment, what baggage, what what emotions they're bringing to that scenario. And the silence and the reflection time helps us to be in touch, self-aware of what we are in that moment, who we are in that moment. And so chaplaincy and this book are all about the process of um, saying, who are you? What do you need? What do you want? Where is God in all of this? And um, how can you um, best show up in this regard? What's also interesting, um, as I think about the last year, um, and I think probably we've all mentioned that Roger is my husband. And so I have an intimate connection to him, but that um, Roger has had a book brewing in him for many, many years, but it's, um, hasn't been lost on me that, um, that it came to fruition during this global pandemic. So I think it's, there is this interesting, um, sort of, um, darkness and, um, period of gestation, um, yeah. that the pandemic allowed for you as right. well, as well as 
these acute stories that you are experiencing every single day that sort of brought up this um, the space for you of um, a perspective shift in some ways. Uh, I, don't, I don't know, I'm, I might be speaking for you, but um, I can you speak to that a little bit? I think that's that's I, I think that's exactly right. And I never put it together until you articulated it in that way. But um, much like Taylor Swift, who was able to make an album that was completely different than what she was before. You know, this time period, it makes you reflective. It makes you uh, try new things. And so, yes, um, Taylor and I both produce good stuff. And as a result of this time, but it also is true that this this book was um, coming out for a long time, but this really forced the issue. You know, I've, I've seen so much with COVID. I've experienced so much with COVID and um, all of the little streams came together, I think, to make this particular river. Mm -hmm. Nice. Um, so like the title of our podcast, Jesus has left the building. What, how does that um, land with you, um, your work as a chaplain, me knowing your work um, and heart for social action and, um, and, this, and this book, where during this time and place? Um, where is that landing for you, this Lent with all of those intersections? Um, yeah. and, and how, 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 what your hopes are for it. Yeah. I think, um, a year ago I was, um, testifying before the, the Senate Judiciary Committee, um, in Colorado and Denver, um, against the death penalty. You know, that work is related to seeing Jesus in everyone and, um, the holy in everyone, the divine image in everyone, um, and so I've long been a proponent of, um, of the idea that Jesus doesn't just live in one little spot or the holy doesn't live in one little spot. Um, there's social justice, obviously, the, the anti-death penalty work and the GLBTQ stuff and, and all of that. But chaplaincy also is an example of Jesus leaving the building. Mother Teresa had this great quote that says, you know, Jesus is hidden in the sick person, um, which is to say that, you know, it's not obvious that that sick person in front of you who may be dying, who may be really, really ill is, um, is an image of the divine, but, but there it is, you know? And so Jesus leaves the building for me every day. Um, and I love what you guys are doing at Black Forest Community Church um, to respond to this COVID time where people can't come into buildings right now, um, maybe soon, maybe in the next couple of months. But for the last year, nobody's been able to, to do that. So we're all trying to figure out what does it mean to be the body of Christ? What does it mean to be a community of faith? What does it mean to be a spiritual um, gathering when we can't gather? And um, I, I, think, I think that it's probably the case that we've had to reimagine 
what it means to be church, but the, the message of hope, the message of clarity, the message of peace um, continues on no matter what, no matter whether we're doing this via Zoom or podcast, um, whether we have clever names for it or not, uh, you know, hospital chaplains, military chaplains, others, um, they, they, they represent this idea that Jesus has left the building all the time. And, um, and so do, so do folks who go out and march for, um, radical equality and radical acceptance and the dignity of every human person. So, um, that's what I would say about that. All right. So Roger, your book is entitled Seeds of Devotion. Where are you finding those seeds of devotion? What is it that sustains you as you do this work? Let's, let's get personal here and tell us about your own seeds. Yeah. Seeds of devotion, weekly contemplations on, on faith seeds. um, It it was a little um, gesture towards Thomas Merton and um, who, who is one of my guides and I, I'm reading The Franciscan Heart of Thomas Merton right now um, via audiobook. Uh, that's one place I find seeds. Um, I haven't been able to play tennis in a couple of months, but, um, you know, leagues are starting up again. Um, tennis for me is a time where I can just be completely myself and completely, you know, hyperactive and all of that stuff. So, um, tennis is, I know it doesn't look like it, but Roger's kind of a rock star on the tennis courts. (laughs) Yeah. It's, it's pretty amazing. And, um, and then, um, you know, the, the thing that has gotten me through all of this, um, is centering prayer. You know, I just, uh, Mm -hmm. I have a group at black forest and I have a group at uh, Penrose, or at least I used to, we don't have the Penrose group anymore because of COVID, but we have, um, centering prayer. Um, that just calms me. I'm, I'm a little hyper. I'm a little, um, frenetic and, um, centering prayer really does a number on me where I can just sit and try to create space for, for the Holy to do whatever the Holy wants to do in me, um, on any given day. And I think that comes across in your writings and in your book and what you are hoping to offer people during this this season of Lent. Um, I think that comes across. Would you be willing to share um, a, a small piece of what is in your book? Yes, I can I can share um, a piece that I wrote. This is under a prayer section, but um, this was in in response to going into um, rooms where people had just died, um, where people were about to just die, and um, just being there for the family. And it, it's, a, it's a prayer that is really um, for the chaplain, but you'll see that it has, um, you know, it's, it's, it's relevant to a lot of different scenarios. First, Walk gently. You're entering into the great mystery. Sorrow, regret, anger, grief, relief. You never know what you'll find. You may as well walk gently into that room. 
which will likely be dark and quiet. Second, talk gently. The dead dream and survivors do too. They're in a fog or out to sea. In the deep woods, pick your image, but talk gently. That mystery will one day be you and yours. Third, act gently. Your gentleness will invite whatever needs to happen to happen. If at all possible, make it so the wife, husband, mother, child hardly knows you're there. Listen gently. Listen with your eyes and your ears and mostly your heart. The stories will come. Be there to hear them. Stories remind the wife that she is still alive and is alone and is not alone all at once. Be the spirit or Jesus or Muhammad or the Buddha. Pick your guide and be that person. Mary, Dorothy Day, Thomas Merton, it matters not. Of course, you are the best option. So be you in all of your quirky, unexpected, beautiful, flawed, perfect essence. Amen. So artistically beautiful and also so prayerfully beautiful. Oh, thank you. The prayers, you know, um, Martin Doblemeyer, who's a filmmaker, said the prayers could have been their own book, you know. Mm. I really, I, I have learned over 20 years of ministry that I really love to write prayers. Um, comes in handy with the work I do, but um, this is a relatively new learning for me. Thank you so much, Roger. <laughs> uh, did you mean Taylor? <laughs> you and Taylor. Me and Taylor. <laughs> Bye. Next week, we will hear from Olivia Stalick on her work as an advocate of transgender people in the military and a quick guide to trans etiquette. She will also share with us her seeds of devotion. We are grateful for our sponsor, Black Forest Community Church, an open and affirming congregation of the United Church of Christ. This podcast is made possible by listeners like you. Find us on Facebook at Black Forest Community Church, United Church of Christ, and message us to learn how you can be a part of this effort to tell stories, have conversations, build relationships, and follow Jesus out of the church and into the world. To support our work, search for Black Forest Community Church on Venmo to make a one-time donation or a regular commitment with as little as $1 a month. You'll get regular communications and updates about our stories. Thank you to all those people that support and listen. We could not do this without you.